now tapped in with the introspective father and son duo. Last name may be strange, but never strangers to the game. Adjust the listening devices and keep it live. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ay, coming in, yeah. Flex, I just wanna win, yeah. LABB, who we running with, yeah. 2233, I'm on 10 again. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to another installment of No Strangers to the Game. I'm Ja, and that's Troy. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about spirituality versus religion. I wanted to open it up with asking you, what do you feel are the main differences between spirituality and religion, or if you think there's a difference at all? That's a good question. Um, I think there's a difference. Um, I think one is more organizational and structured in a way to kind of manage um, and in some instances control people when I'm speaking of religion. Not that religion is bad. I don't want you to get the impression that I'm um, saying that religion is bad, but religion is based out of spirituality. So spiritual principles are those to me. It allows me to see and understand how I'm connected to the creator, God, uh, the almighty, whatever term you use, my relationship with that source, as well as my relationship with everything in the universe. And what is my role and my, what is my responsibility? I think religion takes those spiritual principles, but it organizes it in a way to where now it's more structured to positions, responsibilities, and how people should conduct themselves and provide the basis or support to keep them in line as it call as it's um, relates to that particular religion. So one is more organized in a way to manage people, to support. Um, sometimes it's used and it's political. Um, in many instances, it's just a place to where, hey, we have a way of streamlining or organizing this spiritual process so that people can learn it, they can grow through it and understand it. And the other hand, one is just the basic principles of spirituality and how that functions. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, may, it makes sense. And I think for, we, we kind of we have the same idea of it, um, but for me to make it simpler, it's, spirituality is, is, is just you. It's an individual, in my opinion, individual based um, thing you know it's your relationship with whatever higher power relationship even with yourself um, and just kind of really individualized whereas religion is a group thing whether it's two or you know 10,000 people religion is you know those practices that you feel you guys kind of agree upon that help you with your spirituality and other things like that and, and you know rules that you may follow that you think make you live a, you know I guess depending on your religion or your spiritual preference a good life um, so though that's my biggest that's I guess the biggest difference for me is spirituality is a really individualized thing and religion is more of a group thing um, but it, it was interesting you brought up religion kind of being used to control I think that's one of the interesting things and as I talked about it being big differences you know spirituality is individualized and religion is a group thing is as you add more people to something as we all know humans can corrupt they can you know they can you know, mix things up. They can change things. Complicate so, things. Yeah, complicate things. So as you add people and it becomes a group, I think there's a lot of issues that arise. Um, what are your? I want you to expound on that. Though. What are you? What were? What were you meaning when you said that? What I meant. Um, 
let's take for instance um prior to constantine um becoming an emperor in rome you know romans persecuted christians and probably other religious groups as well and what happened in 325 ad constantine called the scholars and the religious uh groups or individuals of that time into the conference of nicaea 325 ad in which at that time they talked about religion they talked about christianity in particular and how it reviewed the books of the bible were organized to be put into the bible some books were left out other books was included the 66 books of the bible so that conference really kind of in my mind kind of organized and even politicized um christianity through that process um and in that way the reason they did it as i understand it is was because they were persecuting christians and because their belief and their faith were so strong the christians were not quitting they were not standing down they say this is our belief and if you got to kill us this is what we're going to do and they believed and constantine either he was converted or he looked at it and say well if i work with this group then i can better manage because now i'm not fighting them i'm coming to them and trying to share in the experience that they have and their beliefs and working with it in a way that we can work together and at the same time i think he used a lot of the beliefs and the faith to manage and control the masses of the people and so um that's what i meant by that yeah i think and it's it's funny you brought up the the conference of nicaea because that's obviously where we kind of got our conventional version of the bible uh what you know what we read and then at, at that point that's what they what they what they took out and put in and things like that but when i learned of that it almost added to my already present skepticism of the bible because growing up going to church uh grew up in a christian household and we went to church every sunday and in the bible i think when i was really really young and i heard biblical stories and you know you're in what sunday school and stuff like that it's like man that's a cool story right and i think my in my youth I, I thought it was supposed to be taken literal you know i believe that jesus walked on water he turned water into wine and, and if you know there's people who still you know still believe that but at that time i was like that they, these are factual things you know jonah was was it jonah that was eaten by the whale see i need to yeah i need <laughs> yeah so i believe i took these things literal and so when i found out you know when i when i talking to my pastor at the time and he said you know these stories aren't meant to be taken literal as this is what actually happened so to speak as more so of there's a greater deeper meaning within these stories and lessons that we should take away to help us you know help guide us to live better lives right and you know you're like cool okay i get that that makes sense but then I'm like i just i just felt betrayed like so this whole time you're telling me i've been listening to these stories i've been taking these things as like you know their word is bond and it really wasn't, you know what I mean? And I get it. Like he said, there's, there's greater and deeper meanings within them, but it did feel like I was kind of, I don't know, living a lie almost. Yeah. I had that experience when I went to college, I went away and I decided to take a new Testament class. And then that's when I, you know, first heard about the Compass of Nicaea and all these different things. And then it talked about how the Bible was written. It was allegories, symbols, uh, metaphors, everything in the Bible wasn't meant to be literal. These were stories that were told so that people can get a message and get a clarity and understanding on how they were supposed to conduct themselves or live their lives. 
And so oftentimes, at least in my experience, we weren't taught that. And that made it real, almost like you said, feeling betrayed. It's like, you know, <laughs> I'm growing up and you didn't tell me this. Why can't you tell me this? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I don't know if the pastors and the people of that time didn't know it or they just didn't think it was important to share it with their um, congregations and the people that attended the church. But I'm the type of person, I like to know everything and let me figure out how, you know, yeah. I'm gonna feel about it. So um, I felt the same way, but in, its, in, its, in and of itself, what I've learned is that I, for a while I stepped away from church, I stepped away from religion because it just kind of threw, threw me in a whirlwind. But as I stepped away and I began to look at other things and, you know, other religions, um, other spiritual principles or doctrines, it really brought me back to getting a clearer and more deeper understanding of the Bible. Um, because now I was able to take some of those stories that didn't make sense in the interpretation that I was given. And through the new interpretation, it's like, oh, that's what that means. You know, um, so I, I believe that the Bible is a good book. And I think it will, it does help. There's a lot of things in there that can help you with your everyday life. But I think sometimes the interpretation of some of those stories and some of those um, scriptures can be can, a little confusing. So, um, and you can take multiple people, read a scripture to them, and you'll have multiple different interpretations of that. So that makes it a little, I don't know the word, makes it a little unsettling, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and, for, and for me, I think when I look at religion as a whole, I think it's, it's almost dated. But especially within the black community, and I think it goes back to our roots, right? I think a lot of times we looked at, you know, in, in, during slavery and, you know, obviously all the hardships that the black community has been through, it was so easy to just kind of grasp to, you know, something that was going to give you hope, because that's a lot of times what I think they were looking for, and, and rightfully so. So, you know, if, you know, a, a guy came around talking about the Bible and you can be saved and there's this afterlife and, and a lot of the things that the Bible talks about, it sounded great. And so... I think that's where we we came from, but I, I I'm wondering if I feel like there's somewhere we need to go though. If there's an evolution, because are we still behind on that? Because a lot of and not that everybody is, but there's a lot of especially within the black community. I feel like that kind of I don't know if it's dated thought. I don't want to call it dated, but it just feels like for me there there's there's an evolution to be had with as it pertains to religion within the black community. Well, I think one of the challenges. And this is just my own uh, opinion, but it, to me, it, it comes across that in most churches, the idea is to have you dependent on coming back. For me, I believe the goal should be that you should be able to walk away from the church and you'll be fine. That doesn't mean you walk away because many people come to church to get that uh, experience. They connect with like-minded people and able to fellowship but you should be teaching your um, congregation, in my mind, to be able to, whether you're sitting in the church or you're sitting in the woods by yourself or wherever, that you have a connection with that higher power and yeah. that you have a spiritual uh, process and development in which allows you to function at your highest level. And so, that's critical. That's critical because I think when you read the Bible, that's what I, I mean, when I, when I, my interpretation of it, that's what was going on a lot of times. I, I know, you know, Jesus had his gatherings and, you know, he kind of, I guess, did sermons to groups or whatever. But a lot of times when I read the Bible, I see people who are really alone 
you know, getting their faith tested or going through things or praying to Jesus, to God, um, things like that. So it feels like the Bible and religion at its core is to be able to help strengthen your spirituality, right? Right. But it, like you said, I feel like a lot of times nowadays, uh, religion has become realistically just to make you more dependent on religion. You know what I mean? And I think that goes back and further into the fact that religion a lot and a lot of times, in my opinion, has been corrupted. It's become a money-making tool. It's become, you know, a source of or, or, or a reason to do bad things. And so in a lot of ways, that's that's why I may be skeptical towards religion, but I think at its core, it's it's a good thing. But we're definitely, I feel like today's I, world, we're definitely not where we should be as it pertains, pertains I, to religion. I think religion is, for the most part, at its core, solid. But I think it becomes limiting because many times people fit you into that parameters of that religion and I think spirituality is much broader than that and so um and that's why I said that I think that in the churches and these religious organizations should really be teaching you to be able to evolve to the point where I don't have to go there I choose to go there because I like what I get out of it there's a support system there's like-minded people and we're able to continue to evolve spiritually but the point of being dependent, you know, I've been told, well, if you don't go to church, then you're going to hell and all these type of things in which never set well with me, you know? And so I think if for me, having you to where you evolve to the point to where you don't need it, but you choose to be there because of the experience that you have and the people around you that help you and support you in your uh, evolution. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's what it's supposed to be used for. But I mean, talk to me a little a little bit more about spirituality. What you think it is, how to strengthen. I mean, just, just give me kind of your rundown on spirituality as a whole. For me, it's, it's simple. It's really your, to me, relationship with the source, the almighty God, that entity being that created everything. And then along with that, your relationship with everything around you because i believe everything is on this planet and in this you know uh universe for a reason and so i know and i did some studying in some of the ancient african spiritual practices and um you know religious principles and um what i discovered is that they often were confused to be idol worshipers, that they worship the trees, they worship animals. But what I began to realize in my interpretation that they saw God in everything. They saw God in the tree. They saw God in the animals. They saw God in the water. So they paid reverence to everything because they knew that God or believed that God or the creator was in everything. And I think what has happened to me with religion, it is kind of put God in a box to the where I can only find God in this particular space rather than seeing God in everything around. So do you think someone who has a different idea, let's say someone who doesn't believe in a, a single creator or a creator at all, like an atheist, do you think they, one, can be spiritual? And two, do you believe that there's always a spiritual, I guess, feeling inside them or, or kind of deep down or... Or are they denying that? What What is your belief on someone who has different beliefs about, I guess, the creation? Because that's where spirituality, at least in your mind and in my mind as well, 
that's where spirituality lies is your relationship with a creator. Yeah, I think they have, I think we all have a spiritual nature. So whether or not we see it as a connection to something greater than us, or we see it as we are the end, I think we all have that spiritual nature and how do we function with it and what our beliefs that we come away with or have as a result of that can vary, you know, from someone believing ultimately that there's a higher power to someone believing that there is no higher power. But that doesn't mean that there is no spirituality. That just means that I have a perspective that may be different than someone else's. So to answer your question, I think we all have a we're all spiritual in nature. Hmm. So I want to get into this. I know we talk about this a lot and we have differing opinions on, and I, let me, we have differing opinions on, I guess, like we talked about spirituality, creator, you know, higher powers and things of that nature. And a lot of it doesn't come for, for me, my skepticism on all of those things isn't, you know, a, a, a negative light or isn't, you know, just kind of bashing anything. It's just, I think a lot of times in a lot of cases, I feel so uncertain about it mm -hmm. that it's tough for me to wholeheartedly believe in something or be, you know, be pulled towards something when I, I guess I'm a person who needs, I need it. I need evidence. I need it to be concrete. And obviously spirituality and some type of creator is anything but that. So for me, it's like, it's hard for me to step on that or, or you know, I mean, put my foot on that when it doesn't feel like it's there. So I always wonder, and I always say this to you as well, do you think that's just my youth, you know, not not having lived a lot of life or in my period of time where I'm questioning things? Because I know you kind of went through the same period. There's probably a lot of people my age that feel the same way. What What would you say is that reason for that? I think part of it is just kind of your experience our experiences um, with religion um, and just kind of feeling like there's so much out there that we don't know, one. And I think, two, it's um, you become so accessible and aware of things to where you question everything. And you're like, well, how does this work? Where did that come from? And to the point to where you can ask those questions infinitely. And so I think it's part of that and just not living a lot. But when you, I found myself, when I've gone through things and different experiences and I honed in and you know, my belief in a higher power, I believe that that higher power functioned within me. So it's there that covers the totality of our universe. But I think individually, each of us are connected in that way. And it's how we relate and our awareness to that connection and ability to draw on that to do able to accomplish the things that we choose to accomplish. Because for me, the universe, the world, in my mind, is way too structured and organized for there not to have been something, some intelligence, some entity or consciousness that put these things in order and place. Because every day we have 24-hour cycle where the sun goes up or we revolve around the sun, where we have the calendar years, you have the summer, when and fall. So I don't see it as something random that just happens. You know, so there's a lot of order and there's a lot of, um, I guess the word order, to where there is something that is allowing all this to kind of stay in balance. 
um, and how it shakes out and functions, um, you know, on a, just on a daily basis. And see, we have different opinions on that because for me, I think the universe is so completely unordered in, in the, in the sense that of all the planets we know in our solar system, we're the only ones, as far as we know, that has life or can, you know, sustain life. And even that life, I mean, as we see, it's a crazy world. I mean, you got people, you can get swept up by a tornado tomorrow, an earthquake could open. I mean, so many, it seems so chaotic. And I get it that at the end of the day, I guess on a numbers basis, a lot of people live long, healthy lives and, you know, find happiness, whatever. But it just seems so chaotic and unordered, in my opinion, because, and, and I look at it as a numbers thing once again. If we live in a, or if we live in a universe with multiple galaxies and all of these different things, mm-hmm. then of course there's going to be at least one or a few planets that can sustain life and it can be seen as, I guess, orderly. So I think that's where we disagree on that. And, I, and that, that leads me to a lot of skepticism because I'm like, well, it don't seem that ordered to me. Well, I mean, when I see chaos, there is just stuff happening with no rhyme, no reason. And at least with just, if you just look at nature on this planet here, there is a cycle. There's time when you plant food, it grows. Time when it's not the time to plant food. You know, so you harvest that, you eat. There's different cycles throughout the year that lets me know that there is order of some stimulus. Now, people, that becomes a whole nother uh, complex factor because people have the ability to change their mind and to do things a lot differently. Most animal and nature functions for the most part on its own cycle and it does what it does. If I didn't do anything, the sun will still shine tomorrow. Um, the days will still come and they go. It's us, I believe, that are that, that variable that you know can change and do things that apparently or that appears to uh, create that chaos. Okay. But I think in nature itself, there is order and balance. Okay. I'm about to ask you a question. Okay. I think you know, you know where I'm going with this. I know where you're going to go with this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. <laughs> do you believe that bad things happen on this planet? Do I believe that bad things happen? Yeah. Now, with that being said, <laughs> bad things happen, right? But I think bad things happen because things are out of balance. And those bad things are there to touch you and nudge you and say, hey, um... You know, things are out of order, things are out of balance. You probably need to fix that. Now, whether or not you know what the fix is and how to do it, you feel that discomfort to let you know that things are not in order and things are out of balance. So when bad things happen, um, to me, that is to let us know, hey, we out of whack. We need to fix some things. Okay. So, <laughs> so essentially you believe you I, for going off of what you said, you believe that bad things happen. So I'm wondering, do you believe that a higher power or the higher power that you believe in personally is either strong enough, you know, powerful enough, or is, you know, loves us as humans enough or knows exactly the situations enough to be able to step in when a bad thing is about to happen and change that course. I know we have free will. I understand that. But at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, right? You're ra- you raising children. 
the reason you allow children to go through things is because there are things that are out of your control down the road that, Hey, this is a lesson they're going to have to learn because down the road when, you know, when time passes on and they're on their own, so to speak, they're going to have to know how to act in these situations and so on and so forth. But like I said, if you're all powerful and you, you love, you're completely loving and you know exactly what's going on and what's going to happen, why wouldn't you change the situation so something bad doesn't happen? My point is this, why would you create anything if you're just going to manipulate it in that way, right? I mean, you create something, it functions the way it functions. And to me, the, the, the greatness is that, is that we are allowed to learn and develop and to evolve as human beings and more importantly, as spiritual beings. So if I can just, if I created something, right, and I know that all I have to do is go through and manipulate and create whatever it is I wanted and it all functioned so orderly and perfectly in a way that it was no excitement for, and no excitement in it. It was like, that That would probably be boring. That's just my opinion. So I think that, and I don't look at it that you got somebody up there orchestrating and navigating things. I think that there is, whatever you want to call it and refer to it as, we commonly refer to it as God, has put and created this universe and that's it. Perfection is, I only do it once. I don't have to go back in manipulating and trying to fix it and tweak it. I made it the way it is and it's gonna work itself out. Now, whether you continue to be a part of it and learn how to function in it or not, it's still gonna do what it needs to do. So you have to make the decision and the choice on whether or not you're gonna participate in it based on your actions and hopefully your actions are in line with the order of how things are supposed to work. Well, you brought up a good point about if you know you create something and then you just want to go orchestrate things why what's the point so that leads to a way bigger question of what is the meaning of life but we're not going to get into that today i wanted to ask you this leading kind of back to spirituality in in your life how big has prayer been now versus you know when you were younger and what do you see as the importance of i guess prayer and and just talk about what your form of prayer is because i guess everyone has a different form of prayer for me growing up prayer was kind of taught to me more as a fear you know i've done it more out of fear you know because i didn't know i pray because if something happens you you know you need to pray but as i've gotten older I, I believe and realize that prayer is more of a confirmation for you in terms of not always asking, but being grateful and thankful for where you're at and what is to come in your life that's good. To really confirm and affirm with yourself. And because, you know, in my mind, God don't need confirmation, it's you. Uh -huh. And so whatever is being done is to give you that confirmation and that uh, uh, um, comfort that all is well. So for me, that's what prayer is. Um, and, and, and it's not so much just asking, asking, asking to change this, change that, because I don't believe that there is some entity standing around manipulating things. I think that we put things into motion based on our thoughts, based on how we see the world and our actions. And then as a result of that, things, there's a, there's a cause and effect. Things happen as a result of our actions and so our thought. And if we don't change our thoughts and actions, those things will continue to happen um, if they're negative. If they're good, positive things, you continue with those thoughts and actions 
that bring you, um, you know, good experiences. Uh, it's funny because growing up, like I said, I think mine, it wasn't out of fear, so to speak, but mine, it sent, felt like praying was a grocery list. Like, hey, God, listen, I need you. I need you to help me out with this bill. <laughs> I need you. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it felt like to me. But as I've gotten older, I think I've looked at it as more of a conversation. And it's almost subconscious because if if deep down, say deep down, I believe that there is some higher power and it's something that I should be praying to, then I guess I am because for me, I'm having conversations with myself daily. At least I think it's myself, but I guess if that higher power knows my thoughts and things like that, then he's a part of that conversation. That is a so, part of you. Yeah, so exactly. So I guess subconsciously, I may be praying all the, all the time, you know, all day, every day, basically. But right now, I guess in, in the way I look at the world and the way I look at the universe and spirituality and all those things, it just seems like I'm just talking to myself. You know what I mean? The thoughts that I have in my head. Um, so, but I think that's an interesting, an interesting way to look at it because everybody prays differently. Everybody, you know, handles prayer differently, but in the sen in, in a sense, it just is, it always is, it ends up being a conversation. Now what the conversation is, that's the subject of the conversation and who you may think you be taught, you may think you're talking to that. I guess is different for everyone, but at the end of the day, it seems like prayer is really just a conversation. Yeah, I think it's a, a confirmation, an affirmation of your belief. When you think of most Christians, and I'm not sure with any other faith, but they call themselves believers, right? Are you a believer? And part of that faith is believing in something that you may not be able to see or touch right now, but know that it's working out for your best interest. And so for me, that's what I believe, um, you know, prayer is, is that confirmation and affirmation and to have that gratitude of what's happening now and what I know is happening or will be happening or coming. So to end today's episode, I want you to, I guess, just end it off giving, giving a little bit of advice to, I guess, people in my age group or not even in my age group, because you can be in any age group and be feeling the way I feel about the world. And not that you have all the answers, but from <laughs> your experiences, what you felt have kind of pushed you through and pushed you to or pulled you to the belief system you have now and kind of what helped you kind of get through that, so to speak. I think one of the things that helped me is to really search and don't be afraid to look outside of your own comfort zone of beliefs and ideas because I've read and you know discussed and studied some things that most people would say you stay away from that you know but it helped to me to better understand the principles in which I were brought up on in Christianity to get a better a deeper understanding of it so for me it's like search and be diligent in your search and I believe that what you're searching for, you will find. And don't be afraid to look outside of where you were brought up or your comfort zone, because the truth is going to be the truth. And if you're really seeking that, I think you will discover it. But you can't be afraid to look into, if you don't have, a, if you ask a question and you don't get a response that, you know, gives you an adequate feeling or at least a response that you can say, okay, I can get that, I understand it, then you keep searching. Because sometimes there's maybe different layers of understanding and meanings 
And there may be a surface level and there may be something much deeper in which, you know, you may be thriving or thirsting for. And then I would me, that was the thing, you know, I'd get responses on certain questions I would have about religion or, you know, scriptures in the Bible. And sometimes the responses just didn't sit well with me. And I would like, nah, something about that just don't satisfy, you know, me in that way. And so I keep looking and I search and it may be years, but I've discovered that I've been able to find answers to a lot of those questions. There's still many answers that I'm seeking, but I've learned to, you know, don't be afraid to, to seek answers and be diligent, you know, outside of your comfort zone. Yeah. When I think about it and I think of like, man, you know, I guess in that search and where I am now, it's funny. I always go back to one of my favorite sayings from you, actually. Just keep getting up, laying down. <laughs> and yeah. meaning that just keep experiencing life and life like you. Another saying you have, life has a funny way of figuring things out for you. <laughs> There's many things I thought growing up that I would never do and never think and, you know, when you have life experience and you go through things, you find out that, you know, sometimes your world and your mind was just so minimal in terms of the uh, grand scheme of things that, you know, those sometimes you'll, you'll go outside of what you thought you would never do. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it may not be so good, but never be afraid to explore is what I'm asking. You know, as long as you don't put yourself out in harm's way. And even if you put yourselves in harm's way, there's always a way back, you know, and it might be a little more challenging and, 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 and difficult because, you know, you're putting yourself in situations that, you know, may be very tra tra traumatic and cause a lot of damage and harm, but there's always a way um, out of that. And so that's what I say, not to be afraid of exploring and living life and gathering understanding. Well, all good thoughts, and I, I appreciate the, the words to take, you know, with me as we, as we keep going. Um, so I think that's a wrap on this episode. We appreciate all of you guys for tuning in and checking us out, and make sure you stay tuned for the next one. Peace. All right, that'll wrap up today's episode. Glad we could take a moment to put you up on game. We post a new podcast every Sunday morning. Now you know. Peace. Peace.